Navigating insulin on board and walking around a theme park can be very tricky with type 1 diabetes, especially if you just dose for 100 carbohydrates. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to be walking you through my specific day at SeaWorld San Diego, uh, what I took into consideration, how I adjusted doses. Of course, none of this is medical advice, so do not take it that way. This is just me sharing some thoughts, some strategies that I've used that helped me to stay in range and have some fun being present with my wife and daughter at a theme park. So, without any further ado, let's get into our theme song, and then we'll jump into today's story. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. All right, so over the weekend, my wife and I uh, took our daughter to SeaWorld San Diego. And I actually grew up in San Diego, so SeaWorld, believe it or not, was one of my first jobs. <laughs> I actually worked at SeaWorld San Diego as a chef when I was 15. Uh, I technically got hired when I was 15, and my first day of work was when I turned 16 because uh, it wasn't legal to hire me at that point. But it was a fun job. I worked there for three summers, and I got a lot of free passes and experiences looking at Shamu and the dolphins and turtles and all that. So I knew that when I had my daughter, we needed to make SeaWorld part of her childhood, right? And so uh, it's actually the second time that we've been to SeaWorld so far with her. She's now 15 months old and able to run around and have a lot of fun. So uh, if you're on YouTube with me, I'll give you guys some clips right here of uh, just her running around us having a good time, some pictures of us uh, exploring the beluga whale experiences and all that. But I want to get into the diabetes strategies behind what I was thinking the whole day. Now, obviously, with type 1 diabetes, I can't just roll into a situation with zero planning ahead. That's a big component of what type 1 diabetes is, is ultimately planning ahead, right? You got to bring your insulin, count your carbs, pre-bolus for your insulin. You got to take a lot of these things into consideration, right? So as we're gearing up to go out the door to go to SeaWorld, first thing that's going through my head is insulin on board, right? I'm about to, oh, I actually ate before we left because, you know, pro tip, food inside of a theme park crazy expensive <laughs> and uh, relatively unhealthy as well. So it's not my uh, my top priority to eat the food at the theme park. In fact, another second pro tip, I actually like to pack my own food if we're going to be there for the entire day. You know, that way it's easier just to keep rolling through the attractions, but also it's cheaper and safer, you know, the carb counts, all that great stuff. Uh, and when I say safer, I mean more nutritionally dense. That was the wrong word to use. Anyways, so as we're getting ready to, to have a meal before heading out the door, I am considering my insulin on board. You see, I actually had a large meal before we took off. I was eating around 100 grams of carbohydrates, which I know for a lot of people listening in on this is like, oh, a nail biter. I don't know if I could handle that. You're allowed to eat that many carbs, right? The reality is, yes, you can, but there are strategies that have to be employed if you want to have stable blood sugars while eating what you want, right? So as I'm looking at this meal ahead of me, 100 plus carbohydrates, it's going to be a relatively large dose of insulin. Now, the question that I had to ask myself was, do I want all of that insulin floating around as we're walking around SeaWorld? If you're unfamiliar with activity plus insulin on board, oftentimes activity plus insulin on board can lead to a rapid drop in blood sugar. Not something I wanted to experience while walking around SeaWorld because I wouldn't want to pull away from the present moment. 
Yeah. Even though my wife would be very understanding if I told her, hey, I have an urgent low. Can we sit down for a second? She would totally be cool with that. She's very supportive and loving. However, I don't want to be a burden on the family, on the situation. So I would rather plan ahead and, uh, and ensure more stable blood sugars throughout that experience if I'm able to. Right. So as I'm dosing for my meal, I actually pulled back on my dose, did not dose 100% of the insulin. Now I'm not gonna give you specifics because I don't want anybody to try and do what I did thinking that it's gonna work for them the same way it did for me, but there is a calculation that we teach in our programs. How do you know how much insulin to dial back on, right? Uh, are you giving 80%, 70%, 90%, 50%? Is it a split bolus? Is it gonna be an extended bolus? Is it a wait and see kind of thing, <laughs> right? There's a lot of different ways to approach diabetes. So that's the first decision I had to make. The first piece of planning was, am I gonna give a lot of insulin? Am I giving partial dose? Is it a split dose? What am I gonna do to navigate these blood sugars? Now, I will give you the surrounding context to help you understand my thinking process on this. So we're about to go to SeaWorld. We're gonna be walking around for hours, right? Hours on hours, and I'm dosing for a large meal. So what's my timeline? look like so for me i knew we were going to eat and then pack up and then drive and then the drive itself is like 20 minutes plus searching for parking that's like 10 to 20 in and of itself and then beyond that then we start walking you know walk to the front gate walk through the park so for me i had at least an hour before i was going to be walking around so the key to notice here is that i didn't want my blood sugars to shoot up immediately right and i am talking about planning when your blood sugars rise. If you didn't know that was possible, you can actually manipulate your blood sugars in any capacity. Your insulin sensitivity, when you rise, when you fall, you can time your insulin to match up with different situations, right? So this is a lot of what I teach my clients is how do we precisely control blood sugars? How do I determine when that spike happens so that it correlates with the increased activity an hour later and not right away? Right, because last thing I want is to spike up, get stuck at 250, 300, some ridiculous number, and then get stuck there the whole time we're at SeaWorld and feel crummy, right? So if I can, if I can, my goal is to plan the blood sugar rise to happen as soon as the walking starts. So that was the calculation that I had to make. How much insulin do I pull back on my, my mealtime dose so that it rises at a specific point? And how do I adjust my pre-bolus timing to do the same as well? Right? There's a lot of different factors that go into diabetes. If you didn't know that, now you do. <laughs> Type 1 diabetes is a very complicated disease. However, if you understand the moving pieces behind diabetes, you're able to predict these stable blood sugars a lot more effectively. Right. It's, it becomes a bit more like a game, like which lever do I pull to make today go smoothly? Right. Now, here's the issue with that <laughs> and with diabetes in general. Plans don't always go according to plan, especially with a 15 month old daughter. Right. So that plan that I had to experience the spike an hour later, right when we would have started walking, that's not how it all went down. Right. So we had some um delays in our packing to say the least somebody was a little bit emotional uh and it was not my wife <laughs> so we had some delays and as a result i uh, did not get to see world for about an hour and a half hour 45 minutes which means what 
You guessed it, my blood sugars did spike as intended on cue at the one hour marker, just as I had planned. So good news is my planning worked perfectly, right? And most of the time, because I use what's called the 80-20 blood sugar formula, it does work out like that, right? You can actually calculate everything in diabetes is one giant math equation. You just got to figure out the inputs, like figure out how the math works, and then you can start doing this kind of stuff. It's fun. Uh, as fun as a chronic illness can get. <laughs> so we get a little bit delayed. I'm spiking as we're driving there instead of once we start walking. So blood sugar did end up going a little bit high, ended up at 210 and maybe 212 before we started walking. And then sure enough, as soon as we started walking, leveled out and it started creeping down just a little bit. However, and this is another little bonus lesson for you guys. Uh, if you're already experiencing a high blood sugar, it's a little bit more difficult for us to bring down those blood sugars. You get more dehydrated, it just kind of gets stubborn. The longer it sits there and the higher you go. So for me, I recognize that because it did get up over 200, which for me is, ugh, that's just a, a tough one. It's a no-no for my lifestyle. Um, as a result, I calculated, or I should say I recalculated a correction dose to be given to cover the extra drop that I needed to account for, right? The walking alone wasn't going to cut it. So for me, as we're walking between shows, going to the turtle exhibit, the uh, beluga whale experience, the uh, sea otters, you know, all the cute stuff, I'm recalculating as we go, I'm just knocking it down 20 points here, 30 points there. And by the end, hours later, I uh, finally got to a point where I got to have some fun. <laughs> we walked past the one of the two roller coasters, or I guess three now that are at SeaWorld, and I was like, hey, wife, right? hey, Lisa, you mind if I jump on this? The line says it's a 10-minute wait. I would love to get one roller coaster ride in. <laughs> and she was like, sure, go for it, right? Uh, so uh, look behind the scenes for me is I have these little uh, flat glucose tab packet things that fit in your pocket. They're super flat, and so you don't have to worry about it, like, being bulky or whatever, uh, or popping out of your pocket on a roller coaster. So I use that. And the reason I do that, call me paranoid, call me a planner, call me what you will. But my thought process is, hey, worst case scenario, if I get into a position that you see in like the newspapers or on the news where the roller coaster gets stuck halfway through the loop, <laughs> I don't want to be stuck up there and go low and not have something to treat it with. So I do carry four glucose tablets with me for that specific reason. Always take sugar with you. But all that being said, uh, there actually wasn't a line. 10 is just the lowest number they can put on the weight line predictor thing. So I hopped right in and I was done with the roller coaster and lasted five minutes. It was a blast. I loved it. And by the end of the day, we're walking back to the car. Uh, I had leveled out, not exactly where I wanted to be, but it was okay. Uh, leveled out around 150, 160. So still a little bit higher than I would like, but again, I wanted to avoid crashing. So that was my thought process behind it. Uh, you know, as we're looking at these components of diabetes, you've got insulin on board to consider, do I give all of the dose? Do I split the dose? Now, there's actually six different ways to bolus your insulin, if you weren't aware of that. Something we covered uh, in our newsletter at renegadenewsletter.com, and uh, that was a couple months ago. But every month we shoot out different hot topics like that, deeper dives into diabetes strategies. But, uh, you know, looking at how can I adjust my diabetes management strategies to match the current situation? How do I, uh, you know, pair up my diabetes with the event at hand? How do I enjoy SeaWorld? but also enjoy the meal, right? I don't want to 
sacrifice one for the other. I don't want to say no to SeaWorld because I'm hungry and don't want to worry about insulin on board and walking and all that. But I also don't want to say no to good food just so that I don't go low at SeaWorld, right? So there's this balance that we have to find where it's how do I adjust the dosing for the meal? How do I adjust my calculations for walking around for hours on end with insulin on board? How can I pivot when expectations don't match reality, right? Which is actually another training that I did. Uh, it was a, a webinar training we did a couple days ago for everybody who is subscribed at renegadenewsletter.com. It's a fantastic training, absolutely loved it. Uh, great comments and thoughts in there as well. But the idea behind this is how can I craft the plan to enjoy life, but also have stable blood sugars? And then of course, on the back end of that, how do I give myself grace when the plan doesn't go according to the plan? You know, my daughter, I can't get mad at her for being a little emotional that day. Uh, and pushing us behind schedule just a little bit. It's not her fault. She's a toddler, right? She's barely a toddler. <laughs> and so it should have been expected. And as a result, I didn't get mad. I was a little bit bummed, right? I wanted to, uh, you know, show up to a training like this and be able to say, look, it's a perfect flat line. Like, that's what I admire about my my formula that we've discovered over the years. That's what I'm proud of. I like showing that to you because I like showing you what's possible. So ultimately, I want you to understand that you can enjoy life, have fun with it, right? Eat the good foods, go to SeaWorld, but also still have stable blood sugars that are healthy, right? You're, you're allowed to have that balance. You don't have to sacrifice one or the other. And of course, when that doesn't work out perfectly, even if you do all the planning necessary, recognizing that you can give yourself grace, you're allowed to have off days, right? You're allowed to be out of range every once in a while. It's okay. But I don't want you to get complacent thinking that you are allowed to be out of range 50% of the time, right? <laughs> like, oh, I spent half the day. And it's like, the only time you were in range was overnight, right? You want to, of course, hold yourself to a high standard, but remember that it's okay to make mistakes as long as we learn from those mistakes as we experience them. So uh, I hope this one was helpful for you guys. I just thought it would be helpful to walk through kind of a, a thought process, day in the life kind of thing. Uh, and in fact, we put this on our Instagram at FTF Warrior and uh, asked, people said that it would be awesome to have a, a step-by-step day in the life documentation kind of a thing. Now, I didn't actually document the entire experience, which is why I wanted to put it into a podcast episode for you guys. But if you think that day in the life kind of videos would be helpful, this is where you can let me know. So if you're thinking, Matt, I would love to see day in the life of uh, you eating Chipotle. <laughs> you know, how do you handle those large meals? If you're like, Matt, I'd love to see day in the life of theme parks. I can actually do that next time. Take my camera with me thinking, Matt, day in the life of uh, going for a bike ride, training for your triathlon. Like, if that interests you guys, let me know what kinds of topics I should cover that would be helpful for you. That's the entire goal of this channel, of this podcast, of everything we put out there. How can I help, right? Now I've got, you know, this better part of a decade devoted to type 1 diabetes research and experimentation. And uh, I want to share what I can with you guys, even if it is in this public generic forum, you know, if it's not in a coaching relationship like what we do, I still want to bring you value. So uh, best thing you can do right now, number one, of course, hit subscribe. If you have not yet, these videos are going to go out and you're going to miss them if you're not subscribed. So before you go any further, hit the subscribe button, whether you're on the podcast or if you're on YouTube, best places on YouTube, because obviously you'll see the visuals as we start to release those. Uh, two, if you found this helpful, share this episode. 
you know, there was no monetization of this that we're going to, uh, you know, go sell you something on how to go to SeaWorld because you should learn through experience on that one. Uh, and of course, nothing in this episode is medical advice. I'm not telling you how much to dose and not dose. So if this has been helpful, share it around. You know, that's how the word gets out for these episodes and uh, how we can help more people like that. So step one, subscribe if you haven't yet. Make sure you get notified. Click that bell if you're on YouTube. Two, uh, do spread this around. Share it with somebody you know, so with somebody you care about that might benefit from it. And then step number three, I want you to comment below. Let me know what else would be helpful if I were to do some more documentation style of day in the life with type 1 diabetes, how I navigate meals or exercise or theme parks or parenting, you know, relationships, whatever it is. Uh, let me know what will be most helpful for you guys, okay? So again, comment below, subscribe. Let me know how I can help you guys. I hope this was helpful. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Every week we got episodes coming out. So be sure to hit that notification button as well. I'll catch you guys next time. And keep up the fight.